So today, my dear brothers and sisters in Christ, we have reached the fourth Sunday of Great Lent, and we are now more than halfway to reaching our Lord's glorious third day resurrection at Pascha. And it is on this day that the church and her wisdom gives us and remembers and commemorates a great saint of our holy church who was a bulwark of the faith, who led an exemplary life as a Christian. And the church gives this saint to us as a model for us to model our lives after. So if you'll permit me, I'd like to share with you this saint that the church gives us to remember and to commemorate on this fourth Sunday of Lent. For the most part, St. John Climacus, or as he is also known, St. John of the Ladder, his childhood is shrouded in mystery. There is almost no information uh, that the church has about his origins. But what is known is that when St. John was just 16 years, of, uh, years old, he entered into a monastery at, at Sinai, 16 years old. And after four, four years of being a novice, he was eventually tonsured a monk on this monastery in Sinai. And for 19 years, St. John progressed in his ascetic life. And after the death of his beloved spiritual father, who was at this monastery, St. John left the monastery at, Saint, at Sinai and embarked on a solitary life finally settling in a place called Thora, where he spent 40 years alone, laboring in silence, fasting, prayer, and engaging in continual tears of repentance. Now, St. John would often conceal his ascetic deeds from others by withdrawing into an isolated cave where he would pray fervently, for all of God's creation. It's not that he was ignoring people. Or didn't want to be around people. But he dedicated his life. To prayer. And, and for, to prayer for those around him. And for all of creation. Now even though he withdrew into isolation. Often reports of his holiness would spread far beyond the vicinity in which he dwelt. And visitors from all walks of life would come to the holy ascetic, come to St. John, desiring to hear his words of edification and of salvation. Now many people would come to ask St. John to pray for them, which he did very well, as all the saints of the church did. And after 40 years of solitary asceticism, Eventually, he was chosen as Egoman, which is something similar to an abbot of Sinai, when he was 27 years old. Now, St. John governed the holy monastery for four years after this. And toward the end of his life, our Lord granted him gifts of clairvoyance and wonderworking. It is also at this point in his life 
that he was convinced by the eagle men of Rathau Monastery to write his incomparable work, which we all know as the Ladder of Divine Ascent, for which St. John is best and well known for. Now in this work, St. John records everything that is necessary for salvation of those who not only live a monastic life, but also for those, those of us who do not, because we are not all called to be monastics, but we are nonetheless called to live an ascetical life, striving toward God, a life that is devoted to our Lord and a life that seeks Him out in everything we do. Now, according to St. John, the work is so-called the ladder because it is a fixed ladder leading from earthly things, you see, to holy things, towards the kingdom. So the ladder goes up. When we engage in this book, and I would urge us all to read this book and struggle righteously through the 30 steps that St. John outlines we will find ourselves among the righteous and will be better equipped to avoid giving in to temptation. Now the latter begins with the renunciation of the world. For those who have already read it, and I don't mean to give away any spoilers, but it begins with the renunciation of the world. And it ends with God, who is love. Now, in light of what we are experiencing here in this country and throughout the world, as a matter of fact, with such chaos and division, I think it's beneficial for us to turn to St. John's Ladder for spiritual growth and for understanding, especially in steps 27 and 28, where St. John addresses the practices of stillness and of prayer, which are so desperately needed in times, in these times, of uncertainty, fear, and confusion. Prayer and stillness help to focus our minds and hearts on who God is, who is the great physician of our souls and our bodies, which you have made, heard me say from time to time. The ladder itself, St. John says, from the ladder itself, St. John says, stillness of the body is the accurate knowledge and management of one's feelings and perceptions. Stillness of soul is the accurate knowledge of one's thoughts and is an unassailable mind. Now, in reference to prayer from step 28, St. John says this. Prayer is by nature a dialogue and a union with God. Its effect is to hold the world together. And what could be more needed now, right? It achieves a reconciliation with God. It is an expelling of sin, a bridge across temptation, a bulwark against affliction. This is why we pray so often throughout the services of the church. Lord, have mercy. Because like any prayer, my friends, 
When it is uttered with the least particle of faith, it will open the way for God's grace, for His healing mercies, for His forgiveness, and for the second coming of His kingdom. The second coming, yes. Not only as a future event, but right now in our hearts. And it is by opening the kingdom in our hearts that we are able to pray, not only for ourselves, but for each other, especially during these times when we find ourselves, again, amongst such a chaotic world that is no, that is no doubt affecting us as a whole. There is a story that I once read that I think illustrates the kind of prayer that St. John is talking about in the latter. And this story goes like this, if you'll permit me. Two men found themselves stranded on a remote island. Now they both decided to dedicate themselves to prayer, each taking a different part of the island. Everything the first man prayed for was granted to him. Food, drink, warmth, shelter. But the other man had absolutely nothing. Eventually, the first man prayed to be rescued. And sure enough, a boat came and it rescued him from the island. Now as he boarded the boat, he heard God calling to him. Why are you leaving your brother behind on the island? The man said, he does not deserve to be rescued since none of his prayers were answered. Oh, you are mistaken. Are you, oh, you are mistaken, the Lord replied. He had but one prayer, which I did answer. And were it not for that, you would have received nothing. Tell me, the man said, what did he pray for that I should owe him everything? The Lord rep replied, he prayed that all your prayers be answered. God ultimately knows the needs of his people. He knows what we need, even though we may not truly know what it is that we need. We pray in order to unite our hearts and our minds with God. We pray so that in order, in order that God's will will be done in our lives. We pray so that we will, conscious, with, will consciously and with full awareness express the fact that we have and are dependent on God. It is not God who needs our prayers. It is us who needs to pray to God. And whatever is asked in the name of the Lord will be given. There is no doubt, dear brothers and sisters in Christ, that our prayers are much, much needed during these times for each other, for the church, and for the world as a whole. Let us not limit our prayers to just the times where we find ourselves in difficult situations, but let us continue to always seek God through prayer for one another, again for His creation, in times of difficulty to be sure, but also in times of joy 
for thanksgiving toward our Lord. And let us strive continually toward unity with God by speaking with Him, which is prayer, as our friend, as our Savior, and as our God. Let us pray to the Lord for the chaos that affects our world, for those who have been affected by this chaos, and that He will help us keep our eyes on Him as we walk the paths, our paths of salvation, struggling up the ladder that St. John gives us as a step-by-step guide to opening the kingdom of God within our hearts and within our minds and within the world. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God. Amen.